You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Talk. Hello. Yes, welcome. Hello. Hello and welcome to you and our podcast. What is before the after the show podcast talk? Well, listen to you. Remembering the before the after the show discussion was this movie. Me trying to figure out how to do the delay start on the oven and so that s- the french fries I'm baking will start and maybe start and maybe not. I don't know yet. I didn't really take the time to figure it out. I feel like automatic oven is like a recipe for disaster. Well, I mean, we're right here. It's not like we're leaving the I house. mean, if you're not, like somebody is like, well, I Yeah, will, oh, I would never do it. I will log into my app and make some this chips. This is not part of the movie podcast podcast that we do, movie review podcast that we do. It's just, this is life. <laughs> this would be a normal discussion. Oh, I was reading you that email from my friend who's kind of interesting. You ever have a new... I said, you said... I said, I've always been attracted to like kind of crazy men. And you said, you're not crazy, but I'm thinking it's buried so deep you don't know it. But I have had a track record. I'm sure it's in there. I'm not crazy. They've got some. <laughs> and they're not crazy. They're unique, interesting, and individual, which I love. So Everybody's an individual. Uh, some people like to be a carbon copy of other people, which is very boring. All right, it is Saturday, February the 22nd, after the show number 622. That's a lot of twos. 22nd and 622. Are you having trouble alliterating? Is that some kind of um, thing? I don't know. I don't know. Look it up on the internet. I don't know, because I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, like when the date goes the same way, either way. Is it some weird... Are you rubbing on something over there like crazy? We don't need to know that. Well, it's driving me crazy. So I need to know. You're being very unprofessional. I am. All right, so it is after the show 622. The movie we're looking at this week is Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. And we're looking at the director's cut. But if you get this Blu-ray 4K, you do get both versions. But we'll be reviewing the director's cut. It's released, it's out now, rated R. It's from our friends at Warner who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. And Sidso, you give us the synopsis and then I will give you the synopsis of the war, you know, what's on the back of the box rather than what you say. Hmm. Synopsis is, if you watch The Shining like I did when you were young and you didn't really dig too deep and you haven't watched it too many times, this is the follow-up to that and you'll be going like, what the hell? <laughs> this is not from The Shining? The kid grows up, he's got a weird thing, and then we're going back to the big hotel. All right. Oh, Obi-Wan is in it, just so you know. So um, the back that of the box. That is not going to be on the back of that box. The back of the box says, still scarred by the trauma he endured as a child of the Overlook Hotel. Dan Torrance faces the ghosts of the past when he meets Abra, a courageous teen who desperately needs his help, and who also possesses a p- powerful extrasensory ability 
called The Shine. Yeah, like I'm saying, they've just, whenever he wrote this other book, he made it up and called it The Shine because the other movie's called The Shining, right? This is another thing that I know. I knew I, re- I don't read Stephen King books really. I've read, I think, one or two. So I don't know anything about the whole backstory. I just tried to piece these two movies together. Sometimes well, successful. I'm a massive Shining fan, and I never read the book either. I, right. only, wa- I only watched the movie, mili- you know, many times. And I don't think I watched it many times. Probably once or so twice good. at the most. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because you like horror movies. And I a- do, but I like to also move on. Yeah, but it's also a very standout horror movie. Some movies I watch, and it's really impactful. Then you start to watch it again, and because you know all the stuff, it's not the same again. So the experience of The Shining for me would have been like, yeah, 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 let's get to that part. Let's get to the door chopping part. Let's get to the weird part. You know, I mean, I wasn't, I probably enjoyed it thoroughly the first time, the whole, the pace and everything, but then I I was over it. So that would explain it. So yeah, nobody, um, if Stephen King hadn't wrote a sequel to The Shining, nobody would have tackled making a sequel to The Shining, I don't think. You oh, know, somebody would have tried. Yeah. Probably. Now, I really liked this movie. And like I said before, we saw the director's cut. Which Question. Is, Did you like it from the very beginning? Yes. Okay. And this movie's three hours long, the director's cut, whereas the theatrical version's just over two hours long. So we saw the full uninterrupted experience, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it from the very beginning. Now, I'm a fan of The Shining, and I was expecting, because I did see the trailer to this, this just to be, and I was trying to come up with what, what it was earlier, and you said fan service. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, I'll give you an example, actually. Ready Player One, which is one of my recommended movies for this week, has a whole sequence, which is an homage to The Shining, right? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? And it's literally fan service. It's like, do you like The Shining? Here's, the, here's our characters in The Shining. And you're watching it, and you're like, oh, it's The Shining, it's The Shining. I thought this movie was going to be that. Mm. Um, like, almost like um, a kind of uninteresting story that gets us to the hotel, and then the whole, you know, we see. From the sounds of it, the non-director version is just that. Yeah, I think it is, yeah, actually. From what I read, I just read, like, what was included and what was not included in the theatrical cut. And you're right, the theatrical cut sounds like an action movie in the Overlook Hotel. Really? Yeah. No, well, we do some stuff, get us to the hotel, and then do some more stuff. Right. Now, this one is, and this is why I like this a lot, I wasn't expecting the actual story which unfolds, which is a, a more, like, you could say, you know, when Stephen King wrote this as a sequel to The Shining, if you, I've, I don't have any reference for the book, but watching the movie The Shining, there's not a lot of references to... I mean, there's supernatural stuff going on, or is there? I always thought at the end of the movie, is it just Jack going crazy? Like, I always thought it was kind of Jack going crazy movie. Right. So anything you see in The Shining is just in Jack's mind. And I never really, like, thought of it as, like, a supernatural thing at all, really. But in this movie, it kind of, well, the story kind of expands upon it, like, it give, like you said earlier, it gives the shining a meaning, mm-hmm. what the shining is. And 
But you, I don't think he was thinking that the whole time. I don't think he was thinking that either. But but he linked them together, didn't he? Wanted he wanted to make some more money. And then he came up with yeah, some but weird what, shit to explain what The Shining was. But what I feel is... But here's a question. In the in the movie, first in The Shining, did they was it ever referred to as The Shining? No. By any character? No, I don't think so. Why was it called The Shining? Because he was going to write the other book? Because I'm not convinced <laughs> that he knew what their other book was going to be. Maybe so it's right. mentioned in the book because he wrote the book. It's not a well-crafted story. Well, well I, the thing I was saying about why I like this is because there's a Stephen King story in this which feels like it's, I said to you, even if you subtract The Shining from it, it's mm-hmm. an interesting story. Oh, yeah, I would much have preferred it to be just its own thing. Right. For sure. And you could subtract The Shining from this, the core of this story, and it'd still be a Stephen King story, right, that was called something... Well, it was called Doctor Sleep. Nothing to do with The Shining, right? Mm. You, It could be. It just so happens that the finale of this movie, the last, like, hour, takes place in the Overlook Hotel, and it's a sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. But the first two hours of this director's cut, they... It could. It might. It might as well not even be The Shining. Apart from people saying, "Oh, they've got the shine," mm-hmm. every now and then. A lot. Yeah. No, not every now and then. It's um, pretty heavy-handed. But you could have turned it all into something different, for sure. But that being said, I hated this movie when it started. I really. I was like, "Are we? Are you kidding me? It's so bad. It's like bad dialogue. Really crappy. It didn't even." I was just like, are you kidding me? And then something slowly was grinding me down. I don't know. I was like, I was being worn down. And then something flipped. And I was like, okay, I'm into it. I'm into it. And then I got to where I really enjoyed the whole, the weird concept of it, the brutality of it. And yes, if you'd subtracted the, his, the shining story from that movie and just made it something else weird and in the in the world that exists. I think I would have liked the whole thing better, but unfortunately my brain kept going, this is what is going on? Why is this so bad compared? And I don't like to compare, but my brain was just running away with itself. Well, I think uh, personally as a big fan of the Shining original film, I think the third act of this movie is the weakest part. Cuz I, I kind of know what's going to happen. There's going to be a battle between the two, the the good guy and the bad girl, in the hotel. It's it's set up miles away. You you know it's coming, and then it comes. And what happens in there? While it's cool, if you're a fan of the original Shining, you'll go, oh, like you know, there's some of that. It's not that interesting. The 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 final act. Mm. But the the setup to the final act is really good. I like. The fact that they're these ancient people... Spoilers. There'll be spoilers in this um, review. So go away. Watch the movie. I'll go away and go make, go watch The Oven. Go and watch <laughs> The uh, Shining and go and watch Doctor Sleep and then come back. I did say we should have watched The Shining to remind me, but I pretty I've much got so filled times. in yeah. once I got going. I was like, okay, I got it. I remember. Yeah, and, and this movie um, does... It's, the spoilers, as I was saying, is they're these ancient people... Well, wait, they're not necessarily all ancient. They're just, these are people who... Well, they've been alive for a long time. Not all of them. The one girl's only 15, right? She's only actually been alive 15 years, but she can live longer. Yeah. They're telling her with this. And they live via uh, consuming uh, the soul, the essence, the life of Uh, children. Yeah, but 
so did the uh, Sanders sisters. I don't from know. From Hocus Pocus. That's all they did. Kill a child, put her in the chair, get her all scared and screaming, and then they were sucking her life out of her. Ah, see. So this is the sequel to that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a it's not an old, a new concept. No, but it is brutally imagined in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one specific for sure scenario. I was like, wow, they went pretty far with that. That's kind of in a horror way epic, and in another way really disturbing. And people who don't like uh, movie, I, I know a couple of people who I watch on YouTube, who review movies, who refuse to watch movies where children get hurt. Oh, right. Because they have children, and it really gets them. But you don't know until you watch it. No, you don't, and it, and sometimes they will find out if it does. Hmm. Like, if they if they think, oh, there might be children in that, and they'll find out, and they won't watch it. But then they've been surprised at times, and it really, like, hurts them. Because they can't deal with it. So if you don't like children getting hurt... There's a real... I mean, no one likes children getting hurt, except the men who hurt children. No, I mean, if it really children. offends you. Right. It... I mean, I get it, but it is fiction. That happens in real life, yes, but you're not watching a documentary about it happening now. This is fiction. We're telling the story about bad, bad people doing bad things, and how can we stop the bad people? To me, it has to wrap around the bad thing they're doing. And that's probably where my brain turned around on this movie was like, wow, now I'm afraid of these weirdos. They were just kind of like, I love weirdos. As I was describing earlier, I like crazy people a little bit. They're kind of hippy dippy people in they're the They're not just, yeah, but they're kind of like. I mean, before you find out. They're 100%. straight out of like a weird, overly dramatic emo 1970s play. That's kind of how I, they've portrayed them. And I was like, well, they're just kind of goofy and weird and they're hopping around like la-di-da. And then the brutal thing happened and I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. They're now not to I'm be afraid. messed with yeah. at all. Like, but, but they're so powerful. Why do they have to buy beer and toilet paper? <laughs> well. Did you see her grocery shopping? Everybody's going to wipe the bottom. Yeah, but they don't have to eat and they're sort of supernatural. They live a long, long time. They've been around some of them for, like you said, a long time. Their life must be very boring until they find a child to suck the life out of. Well, let me say, when you've sucked, probably when you've sucked the life out of a child, something comes out of your bottom afterwards. <laughs> so you do need the not, toilet paper. It's not cannibalism. <laughs> it's like they're sucking the essence up, the breathing in the essence, as we are, It's as it's portrayed. It's not, I, actually, it's quite cool, that scene where she goes shopping. I thought it was really good. The scene was, but then I was like, why are we putting her in the grocery store? She's a freaking freak of nature here. She could have got some yogurt. And beer and toilet paper. <laughs> Did you not look in the basket? I was like, what? That's so weird. Yeah, so, um, you know, it fo- this movie follows Danny Torrance, who's the child of Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall in the original Shining. But grown up, it does skip ahead quite a bit, doesn't it? Like, it starts off with, with him after the events of The Shining with his mom. As a little boy. As a little boy. And then it's like, how many years later? All of a sudden, like you're like, whoa. Then it's 2011. <laughs> it was 1980, and then it was 2011, and then it's 2019. Yeah, it just like... It's it, not well constructed. There's some abrupt this, Yeah, this movie is not well constructed. One of the reasons why it was always like, ugh. It's not great in the editing to me, but hey. Oh, I quite liked the um, structure of the movie. Um, 
And I, I, I know you thought editing, it was dumb, but... but I like the title cards because it makes oh, it no. feel like a King novel. Like, I do like that. It's... They didn't even make any sense unless you've read the book and you shouldn't have to read the book. Right, you know, the, I'm a, I'll explain it to the viewers, listeners. It, the it's, viewer. it's in chapters. If you, you know, if you, if you are the type who can't sit through a three-hour movie, you could literally watch a chapter and then stop and then watch another chapter, couldn't you? you it actually comes on the screen, chapter one. And then you, what are you, you get, talking about? Why would anyone do that? Oh, lo, that, why do you think Netflix uh, has No, I the, mean, why would you stop when the next title card comes on? Go, oh, well, that's enough for today. People, like, do, people do that. You know that. No, I don't. So, yeah, if, if um, no, you are the type of person who doesn't ever sit down and watch a three-hour movie because you watch things on, in 15-minute increments on Netflix all the time, you could do that with this, like a book. Read a Those chapter. chapters are not 15 minutes. <laughs> They're long. Wasn't they seven chapters? They were long. I don't know. Well, I think there were seven chapters, and it's a three-hour movie, so do the math. I don't want to do the math. But still, that's that's bite-sized, like like a TV show. Each chapter's like an episode of a TV show. Yeah, if anyone does that, oh, let well, us know. I, I reckon the majority of people do that I disagree. In, this, in this day and age with streaming. I disagree. You don't? Nope. Absolutely not. The majority of people do that. I don't not think do people that. sit and watch a three-hour movie. I'm not saying they do. I'm just saying the majority of people will not sit down and watch 15 minutes of a movie. Not the majority of people know. That is not correct. I actually think that is correct in this It isn't going to be correct. I think that's why Netflix has... Do you know how many people has, are on the planet? I think that's Eight why Netflix people. has the... Um, where you pause the yeah, movie. It's not the majority of people are going to do No, that. I mean, that, the, the feature on Netflix where it remembers where you're up to. I think that's why that exists. It doesn't mean the majority of people no longer watch entire movies at one sitting. That's not a correct statement. Well... The, the statement wasn't that. The statement was... It was, actually. No, it wasn't, actually. The statement was, was that people don't sit and watch a three-hour movie you in one... You said most people. Because I know when The Irishman came out, which was up for an Oscar this year, and it's four hours long, I saw so many reviews saying it's four hours long, I couldn't watch it all in one go. Right, you watch nerdy people and movie people. They're different than normal people. Well, I would think <laughs> the movie people would be the people who'd watch a movie in one go. They're not the majority of people in the world. Well, that's correct. So um, <laughs> the plot of this movie uh, follows Danny Torrance throughout his life there. And from what I just looked at, if you go and look at the theatrical cut, I'm going to actually watch the theatrical cut this week, I think, just to see how different it feels. You know, It sounds like it's very different. Yeah, because it's a lot shorter, obviously. So, And there are a lot of details in this movie, I think. There's lots of like little details along the way. There's lots of, um, if you've read Stephen King's novels, he has a lot of kind of I would call it inane dialogue. Where yes, it's, where it's like ugh, it's kind of cheesy dialogue. Yeah, it's dumb. And this movie, <laughs> like, it almost feels like they're reading King's like novel. Yeah, like they went over and read the page, and then they came back over and said it. Yes, that's how it felt. Exactly. A lot of There's a lot of that. So I'm thinking maybe that isn't in the theatrical cut as much because it does come across sometimes it comes across as like this scene's way too long they're saying a lot and not telling you anything but oh we, definitely we, or we, they're telling you lots of exposition yeah. when you don't need them or sometimes they do, it's like we're, we're reading a whole passage of Stephen King but it's just because it's fancy. We, we know you like to listen to Stephen <laughs> King like oh you're a fan of the book so here it is it's There's fancy um, so there's that, but um, I'm glad I watched the longer version though, mm -hmm. because 
Um, I do like to do that with movies. I said to you, if it says it's a director's cut, I'm always interested in the director, what he wanted, not what like a studio wanted, which was obviously the case here. And we've seen lot. You've seen lots of director's cuts, right? I mean, I don't remember them as director's cuts, but probably. Well, you've definitely seen Blade Runner director's mm-hmm. cut because last time we watched it, we watched that. But then I don't watch the other, so I don't know the difference. Oh, yeah, you don't do. No. <laughs> um. Oh, when we watched um, Apocalypse Now, you'd already seen it, but then we watched the director's cut. I don't know what you'd watched originally though. I think some movies... Probably I watched it on a videotape that had been chopped up by my boss, so when parts of it went fuzzy, she would just chop out parts of movies and put them back on the show. So that was the Your Boss <laughs> cut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so often I, I like director's cuts, and then I'll go and watch both. Natural Born Killers is a prime example. There's the original cut, and then there's director's cut. The director's cut's superior in like a major way. You learn lots more about the characters. It's not just there's a more action. It's like that you actually the the original cut feels like a music video. They go from A to B really fast, and the director's cut actually has like building stuff that builds the characters. And uh, I feel like this is how this is because it has a lot of you know you know when Danny's kind of down and out in this part in this movie, mm-hmm. and he is for a bit, and it's kind of shitty, and he wakes up with that woman and she's puking. Yep. All that is not in the theatrical cut. And I feel like that painted a big picture. Huge. A huge picture yep. of like where he is in his head at that point. So And if, how bad he is. He's just yeah. really selfish. Yeah, because he has like a moral dilemma to deal with, that he deals with, where you're like, oh, so that's the kind of thing. That's how do. down and out he is. Yeah. Um, did you like the conclusion to it? I mean, it wasn't unexpected. No, um, I'm pretty neutral, actually, on it, to be honest. It could have gone any direction, and it would have been fine, because I ended up really enjoying how the movie yeah. then kind of took off, and uh, I didn't, I'd expected it to be what it was, so it Yeah, was well, I liked how it wasn't kind of, it, it wasn't, it felt to me like they, make, you know, they weren't going to, like, like it, like trying to make another one after it or whatever. Oh, um, I'm not sure about that. I don't. I don't. I didn't feel like they were going for that here. I felt. It felt like it was a self-contained story. That's fine. I disagree. And it has a conclusion, and it doesn't feel like. Oh, what happens next? I feel like end? somebody might want to do something again because yeah, they've like, now left it open a bit. So, like a TV show. Yeah, it could be anything. If The Exorcist can be a TV show, anything. Yeah. yeah, Exorcist was a good example of a decent TV show using. Like a thing, but not like ruining it. You Somewhat know? argue with you on that. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I really enjoyed that. The second you season. enjoying it doesn't make it good. The second. Oh no, I thought it was definitely good. The it second was. I season enjoyed it. Was um, like a standalone story that didn't really have, didn't need the exorcist at all, did it? It was a separate thing. Like. Well, I think it. Did. I mean, it had exorcists. Yeah, I think it needed it, so you to understand the how this is everywhere. It's not just. In the city, in the Catholic Church kind of a situation, yeah. it's like demons everywhere. That's why I liked it. So overall, I like this film. It definitely, and had I like, don't believe in demons, just so everyone knows. <laughs> it definitely had like Stanley Kubrick, like they were going for it a bit too much sometimes. Like, oh, we're going to do these occasionally. The, the slow, 
pan panning shot with the very um like symmetrical thing they were they were going for a lot of that whereas i don't know if that was like well we need to match up because people will watch them back to back or whatever i don't know but uh, i mean it's good so you wouldn't want to change the overall style of it just for the sake of it like to be like oh i'm not going to be like stanley kubrick so i mean it, it wasn't broken the no. style of it so no reason to change I mean, it the one of the best things about the shining is how it looks like the shots are just you know insanely you can pause it and like everything looks you know the elevator scene that's on the front of the box of this actually you know that framing of that shot oh it starts with that doesn't it i just remembered this movie starts with young danny torrance on his three-wheeler mm -hmm. going down oh and i was like the airs on the back of my neck stood up <laughs> i was like oh fan service yeah, he's just, you know, and you can, uh, what well, always haunted to me. To be honest, from, it reminded me more of The Omen. <laughs> what? Yeah, what always haunted me from the original Shining was that noise. When he's on his three-wheeler and he's going, and when he's on carpet, it's like, and then he goes onto like the marble floor and it makes like, noise. Yes. As he's riding around and the camera's following him. If you notice, sounds on the ground are very prominent in this movie. People's footsteps, the cars driving on the pavement, that sound, people walking in the bare feet or just scooting along the carpet. They were very prominent. I thought that was interesting. That, that stood out to me in was, most scenes. Yeah, it did have some... It, it was pretty cool, actually, the sound track. Well, they used the, they used the Shining theme... Which you said to me, what's the shining theme? And then I did an impression of it on the you trumpet, did. on my mouth trumpet. On your mouth trumpet. And uh, then you were like, oh, yeah, I know. Well, We no, all know it. I didn't know it until it played. And then I'm like, oh, you did a reasonable job. But I didn't actually recognize it from your your exhibit. And what they did in here is they um, modernized it. It has kind of like a dance beat to it on one at one point. Like a... Oh, like I didn't a, notice that. Yeah, sure it's, it's even dancing? on the menu of the, if you, you know how I know this? Mm -mm. You, I was sat looking at the menu for some time before you came down. Before it, I graced it kept you looping with my it. presence. It kept looping it over and over, <laughs> the theme. I was like, oh, here we go. All right, so cast Ewan McGregor plays Dan Torrance. Was it a coincidence or were there like flashbacks to other movies that Ewan has been in? Yeah. I was like, no, not a baby. Yeah, there was a no, baby. No, not a toilet. There was a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was intentional. Oh, but I don't think so. That would be really cheeky. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Um, what did you think of Ewan McGregor? He was all right. He, he fluctuated. It was all uh, right. And then his was accent, like, his uh, American accent. It got a little weird. I've got, to have, I've got to say, his American accent is fine, but I think he only does it like 60% of the time. Sometimes he's Scottish. It's not really fine. It's like when you're listening to a person like a, who's like trying a Boston to pretend they're from Manchester, and right. you're like, that doesn't sound like us at all. That's how it sounded. And he's got, he kind of like, I don't know, he's kind of got a weird way of trying to make his mouth I don't be American. Know, I mean, <laughs> it's weird. It, why, why couldn't he be Scottish? Well, I because guess the, I guess the character wasn't. Yet. Unless they sh they could say, we shipped we, him off to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the last 25, 30 the, years, 40 There years. are occasional lines that he delivers in Scottish accent. And I was like, oh, you've slipped there. You I didn't I can, notice any of that. I think I'm really tuned into it from mm. seeing him. For Her, some. the lady with the hat, though. Yeah, she slipped around. Is she Irish? Because she, she sounded Irish a lot. She's Irish, yeah. Okay. That came out often. But. but 
in the movie. Well, well, Ewan McGregor, I liked him. I, I really like him. I think he's... Um, I like him. Yeah. It's just that it, the accent fluctuated and the quality of certain scenes, you know, dips and Rebecca wings. Ferguson, who you're, we're going on to, uh, Rose the Hat, she's yeah Irish actress. And then what she'd been told to do as this Rose the Hat is be like a British kind of Mary Poppins almost, like poshish. She was told this? Or you're guessing? I don't know if she's told it. <laughs> you said she was told. So. I, was saying, I can tell what's happening. Like she's supposed to, her accent's supposed to be like this British, like authoritative kind of newsreaderish type. Lady. I thought she was trying to be American, and then every once in a while you heard the little Irish. Undertones. I never once heard an American thing. She I sounded did. like Mary Poppins half the time, and then sometimes it's an Irish accent. Mm, I didn't hear that. It's like magic. But uh, it's awful rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and she was pretty terrible. I like her. No, I, but I feel think, like I think no, she I like, was a bad actress. No, no, I don't think so. I think that the the idea of this character crawled in somebody's head that she's been around for goodness, she could be hundreds of years old, and now she's all zen and shit, and she does her yoga or whatever. She does her transcendental meditation. She wears lots of weird jewelry and her little cute hat. She's Rosie the Hat. Um, and so she's going to have this sort of, I think she's, somebody's read into it, like, she, or it says in the book, I don't know, I haven't read it, but that she's like, you know, A-type personality and sort of like open and hippy-dippy, but really super bitchy. And I think it's like a caricature of what someone who's lived many hundreds of years would be like well, if they were like, you know cocky and arrogant and that she just it was all these singular words about her there wasn't like a whole character unfortunately to me she was like she was doing a disney villain it was like a little bit over the top a bit like 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 maleficent or something something a bit like out there it was a bit too out there yeah then with the costume and yeah it seemed a bit goofy at times thanks (laughs) um So. so i don't there I didn't times. just like her though. I like I want to see her in things, but this um, I just think she was fed the wrong like what's it called when they try to fill in the story of their character. Yeah, I think we last saw her in one of the Mission Impossible movies, and she was actually all right in that. But um, she's got potential. That but in this, I I I think it when I say she's a bad actress in it, there are definitely lines she's delivering that are not good. But the but, line, and I wouldn't blame her. No, I think it's Stephen King's dialogue is hard to deliver sometimes, maybe. Or whoever rewrote it for the script. It's not great. So I wouldn't blame her for the words that she's saying. All right, so you're not a bad actress. I will give you... Yeah, I don't think she is at all. I just think this... she If she's doing that character character to be a caricature of that person I described, she was perfect. (laughs) I also didn't find her... Because her character's like a Disney villain to me, like it's a bit... It didn't come across as... Like, as scary as it should have. I agree. You know? And she's, she's like, real glamorous with a hat on. Hmm. I mean... Questionable. There's not really any... She's one of those fake, too cool for school people that make me want to vomit. That character is. So that's why I think I just was turned off to her. Which you should be, because she's a child killer. But, I mean, you're not supposed to be endeared to her. My favorite scene in this movie, which is completely unexpected. I, I didn't see it coming. And I won't spoil it, but I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. It's a scene with uh, some guns in the woods. Yeah, that was weird. Wasn't it awesome, though? Oh, I don't think so. I it was my was, favorite scene in the It was the like dumbest was, thing in the whole movie, because I'm like, are you kidding me? 
these oh. people are supposed to be like supernatural and they are having a shootout in the woods? Well, That's they're just not dumb. They're not like um, superheroes. It doesn't I'm not talking about superheroes. I'm talking about supernatural. They can do shit and read uh, people's Well, we don't know they can do shit. Yeah, they, we do. They've been, they've been tracking children and they suck the souls out of people and they have all their one lady can put people to sleep just by telling them to go to sleep like David Tennant. And she from does use Jessica. that in the in Yeah, the, so they have all these weird powers and yet we're having a shootout in oh, the I, woods. I thought it that was, was awesome. Terrible. It was my favorite part. Of the whole movie. Because I didn't know that was coming. And it was like, oh, hold on. Apart from the telegraphing of... uh, (laughs) There's some really bad telegraphing in this movie. Very. Where where, um, Cliff tells a story. And then he he says a bit later... Cliff is his friend. And then he says a bit later, "Uh, have you still got those guns? (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Um, So Cliff Curtis plays Billy Freeman. Billy's his friend. Um, I really liked him. I like that guy. He was from Fear the Walking Dead, right? Did you do you like him? Um, I'm kind of neutral on him. He was good in Fear the Walking Dead until they got rid of him. Mm, he was new. Um, he wasn't great. They got rid of everybody, really, didn't they? In that mostly, <laughs> yes. that family really kind of zombie apocalypse. It's not like most people are coming out of that okay. No. Um, Kylie Curran plays Abra Stone. I liked she, her. Yeah, I really liked her. One of my favorite parts. She's actually a huge part of this movie. The climax, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And she's a... I don't know if I've seen her before. She's pretty young, so I doubt it. And she's really good. Um, and then I've cu- I put a couple of the people down. Zan McLaren, who I think we saw in Fargo, one of the Fargo TV shows, the second season, plays Crow Daddy. Mm, I think so, yeah. I think he was their hint, the... Like the hitman guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really liked him in this. I liked how he was intimidated by her. I like him... But I didn't like his character at all. It was another caricature. Just dumb things that he said. And But he did the best with what he had. I liked where she's in the back of the thing and she said, oh, you people are arrogant that you wouldn't wear a seatbelt because you, yeah. you, you think you live forever. <laughs> that was Cotton cool. on to that little that detail. Was a cool um, and then Emily Aileen Lynn plays Snake by Andy and she's the girl who can tell you to go to sleep and you'll mm-hmm. go to sleep. Also... Let's not let's not um, forget that this movie is called Doctor Sleep, and the plot in the movie that involves Doctor Sleep, which is Ewan McGregor, you can explain it. What's the Doctor Sleep? It's about two percent of the movie. It's a subplot thing. <laughs> it's a subplot. Yes. It's like what is he? Wow. Maybe I mean, the book is better at explaining this. All it is is that he his all of these people they are like superheroes in a way they have their own little power they can do this one lady can tell you go to sleep the other woman can get into your mind and make you do things i don't know what the crow does we never really fully explain it except they just kills people yeah, kills we never people. see his skill other than him he can track people but we don't know how so they all have a skill that's something to do with you know m- the mind and whatnot and um what was i talking about you were talking about what the <laughs> You you was telling you was telling us what the the doctor sleep right. thing is. See, it's so small that part left my brain. Okay, so his thing, you McGregor, because he has the shine. His thing is that he can tell when someone's about to die, and he can communicate with people in his mind. And apparently, he's pretty powerful, right? He's like because his like the ultimate guy, one, maybe. One or the girl is, I'm not sure. But his thing is he can actually see like flies flying around your body when you're about to die. And that's his like weird thing. And so 
as he's getting sober, he goes to a hospice. He works in a hospice where everybody's going to die. And he's basically there to comfort them. And then all the people get to know him as Dr. Sleep because when he comes to your room with the cat, they know it's, yeah, they're uh, done. And he's trying to, but use, that's he's it. not it's trying not to be even... bad with it. He's trying to use it for good to like tell people, yeah, you're and fine, the thing you're going to die. If that's his skill, yeah. right? Why don't we see him outside of, why don't we see flies on all these other people that are about to die that, let's refer back to the gun show and when she's about to die i mean if you're gonna if that's his thing he can tell when a person's about to be dead that should have been at least some cgi flies you know what i mean like on her and on those people in the woods it was like did you forget the whole dr sleep part yeah i was gonna say knowing stephen king's novels they're extremely thick and very long the book probably deals with the dr sleep part for like two-thirds of it like or the whole thing is about yeah. it. This and this, is just this not. movie kind of puts it into a subplot that you're, if you... It's act, like they put that in there just so you know why it's called Dr. Yeah, Sleep. exactly. I was into it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm in this old elderly people's place and that. But then I was like... Because he doesn't, oh. like, kill them. He just knows that your life is about to end. And he soothes end. them. He, like... Correct. He makes them feel at ease. And then they pass away. And it's... He has a moment, doesn't he? With and he them. can read people's minds and stuff, but that is why he's called Doctor Sleep. Yeah, and if you blink, if you blinked watching this movie, you might not. You might be. <laughs> and at who the knows end about of, the edited version? Yeah, at the end, you might be like, "Why is he called? What's Doctor Sleep?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is directed by Mike Flanagan. He directed the Netflix show Haunting of Hill House. Did you see that? Uh, we did. We Didn't saw. We? No, we saw a. <laughs> we saw it on Gogglebox. We saw a clip. Oh. Of it. <laughs> That was enough. It felt like we saw it. <laughs> that was good. That was good enough. <laughs> he also did a movie Explain for Netflix. Explain what Gogglebox is. It's a show um, in Britain where people watch TV and you watch them watching TV and commenting on the shows that are on the TV. And we get through entire seasons of shows just watching these people each week talk about like a five minute clip. And, and sometimes like, it's enough. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we've seen all of Killing Eve, I believe, but Pretty never much. watched an episode. It looks pretty intense, we but know I don't happens. feel like I want to watch it. because I feel like. <laughs> and then I said last night, we watched the first episode of the season. I'm like, we haven't been keeping up with British news. Now we'll get little news clips at least. You yeah. probably do, but I don't. Um, he also made a movie called Gerald's Game, which I, I believe was That also always pops up on my horror list. And I think it's based on, a, I think it's a Stephen King story. Mm. Um, do you know what that one is? It's like no. like the couple, they go to a cabin. Like Shades of 50. They play thing. some sex games and then okay. something supernatural starts to happen, I think. Okay. Uh, so you've seen that now. So no, that's I, that. I understand. Like, <laughs> I'm not interested because that was a great synopsis. I'm fulfilled. And he also did a movie called Hush, which is a horror movie. Also on my Netflix, on re Netflix. recommended list every yeah. single year. He's I do Netflix for my horror or horror month of October, and that always pops up. So, um, yeah, that's Mike Flanagan. Um, I like the direction of this movie. It was obviously had to go with like the Kubrick vibe to make it because it is the Shining sequel. I mean, you don't have to, but you know. Yeah, he definitely did, though, right? And I understand why he would. Very much. Yeah. Um, so, IMDb reviews on uh, this. What are they? You find one star reviews and read them out loud. Because if you like the movie, you like to make fun of the person. And if you don't like the movie, then you're like, yep, they're right. And yeah. sometimes we get the same review over and over. 
waste of two hours of my life. In this case, it'll be three hours of my life. Worst movie I've ever seen. And uh, there's a little group of other comments that seem to be copied and pasted in there every week. So uh, the first person who hates this movie on IMDb, I am not of that. I'm on the other end. I, really I know. Like it. So this guy says, this has nothing to do with Kubrick's masterpiece. <laughs> Some people are praising it like it's pure gold. I don't understand. I felt offended by the way this tried to milk the original film. There's a decent film hidden under a lot of problems, but it's no shining. No way. I'm pretty sure Kubrick would have hated this. Possibly. You're going to dig him up and ask him? Maybe he's maybe he's out there where you can talk to him. You know? This you guy says, saying? Why is this movie called Doctor Sleep? There are too many changes from the book, <laughs> especially the ending. I won't go into any details to avoid spoilers, but if you've never read the book, I think it would be a decent film. Okay, that's not a bad... Why is that a one star? Uh-huh. It was relatively neutral. This guy says, one star. 100% boring. Ewan McGregor acted and sounded like a character scripted and lifeless. The movie was so fragmented and the scenes were way too dark. A broken storyline and meaningless scenes. Boring. I will tell you that the movie was not dark. You saw everything all the time. Does he mean dark dark or dark like too dark? Dark like scenes. thematically. Oh, maybe thematically. It's yeah. not, it's not uh, like watching The Walking Dead and you can't see what's happening. It's not that. Don't it's bring up actually, The Walking Dead. It's actually very good filmed yeah it looks nice yeah um what else did this director even watch the shining (laughs) this movie is nonsense it's badly directed bad acting there's no tension nothing works in the whole thing if you like the shining don't watch this if you like this please don't watch the shining (laughs) you're in a loop (laughs) basically avoid it all um and finally disaster i wasted Two hours of my life on this. Well, we wasted three, I guess. As, as you do. We didn't waste. Because when you're sitting there and you're not liking a movie, the best policy is just hang in there. Oh, hold on. He says, I wasted two hours of my life on this and I left in the middle of the movie. Oh, maybe you did watch the director's cut. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't be the middle. The trailer has nothing to do with what's in the movie. Mm. I disagree. The trailer actually shows you a bunch of the movie. It does. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, there are extras on the disc. We couldn't find them because we watched the director's cut. And the extras are on the digital copy or the other disc with the uh, just the regular version. And will you be watching them? The extras are The Making of Doctor Sleep and Return to the Overlook. And from Shining to Sleep, a look at how the director something. It's so small, the writing. I can't even see it. Um, so there are some extras. Uh, and I, uh, I I recommend it a lot. I really like it. You know, I like this better than a do it chapter two that we just mm. watched, which was another King thing. I like this better than that. But not than the first it. Um, I think I like it better than the first it also. Mm. Dang, them's fighting words. Yeah. So um, I don't like it more than the newest first it. The, not the second it. Correct. <laughs> well, it. and then The grown it. up version of it, I didn't like as much as the first one. So I would say first it. Then this, then second it. Yes, and Pet Cemetery last. Oh, <laughs> why are we talking about Pet Cemetery? <laughs> of all That's the King so things we've seen recently. I mean, it's compelling, but it's not good. No, the original was better, and that one was really I goofy. don't know if it was better, but, you know. So, thank you to Warner for letting us review this. Next week, we're looking at Ryan Johnson's new film, 
Brian Johnson. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. He is the director of The Last Jedi. His okay. new film is Knives Out. Do you starring... want to divorce me because I didn't know a Star Wars reference? Yes. <laughs> uh, his new movie Knives Out with James Bond, isn't it? Not, not actually James okay. Bond. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying. So yes. yeah, Knives Out next week. Do you recommendation. Sean Connery? Yes, Sean Connery. And um, George Lazenby. Lazenby. Dang. That's digging up. Literally. Digging oh, up. Oh, that's rude. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, George Lazenby dead? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, he's, he, he's very old. He I know, would... but there are lots of old people in the world who aren't dead. All right, so um, recommendations. I am going with Ready Player One. And you will know why, because I said earlier. Uh-huh. It's got a shining. It's another movie with a shining thing in it. And quite a big shining sequence. I also recommend The Outsider, which is a Stephen King thing we are watching on HBO at the moment. It's a 10-part series. And I think we're up to chapter 8 this week. The Outsider's actually better than all these movies. Agree. It, all of them. I think The Outsider is. But I thought you said you were losing interest in it or something. No, I said I I was hoping it didn't go where I was thinking it was going, and then it did for a bit, and now it's not anymore. Well, that is super vague, but I know what you mean. Yeah, well, I don't want to ruin it because it's not even over. (laughs) Because you talk about it every time we watch it, so I know what you mean. And finally, I've got three to recommend. My other one is Train Spotting 2, because watching this, I was like, oh, Ewan McGregor in the second part of like a major thing. And then Trainspotting 2 is a sequel to like a movie that means a lot to me, Trainspotting. It's one of my favorite but movies. But it wasn't great, Trainspotting 2. I really liked it. I know you did, but that doesn't mean it was good. You always get a little confused there. It wasn't, it did not have the impact as the first one, partly because of our age and experience. And the new, the first one was like something so crazy new, but it didn't have the same like guts, you know? Yeah, but I would, I'll rec- if, I, I imagine most people who are like, films have probably seen Trainspotting but uh, Trainspotting 2 I bet they didn't because it wasn't like there wasn't like a massive hoopla around it was it at the time it was like a low budget hoopla so yeah I'll recommend those three which are yours mine are and this is what I'm doing for 2020 is I'm going back 100 years in film history and 50 years because yes films have been around that long even a little bit longer so from 1920 we have a movie called Why Change Your Wife, Ooh. directed by Cecil B. DeMille. I did not look it up, but it's from 1920, and I thought that was an interesting title. Why Change Your Wife? So look for it. Look it up. And then Scrooge from 1970 with Albert Finney, probably the first Scrooge movie I ever watched, and I loved it. I still love it. Um, now I'm in love with Scrooged. With Bill Murray. And I like the animated Scrooge. And then there's another one even older, like really old, from like the 30s and or 40s. I mean, there's probably many versions, but Scrooge with Albert Finney is just, it's good. It's pretty theatrical, you know? You get the play vibe a lot. Do you um like Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, but it's not really the same thing. It's based upon Scrooge, though. Mm, not really. I mean, he's just tight with his money, that's all. And curmudgeonly. Which There's is, no ghosts or anything. Well, <laughs> there are if Christmas. you watch the correct version of... It's not Christmas perpetually. Christmas Scrooge McDuck hmm. thing. Really? Well, there is a Disney cartoon that does 
the Scrooge sure, story. But that's the Scrooge that's, story. Yes. That's not Scrooge McDuck like the cartoon. Yeah, and I've seen it because I was a nanny. We watched a lot of it back in the nineties. <laughs> Ducktales as well. Ducktales. That's completely different, but okay. And that's my recommendation. All right, so uh, Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing. Oh, Fortnite. Um, this week, if you play Fortnite, you probably already know. But they, uh, it's season two, chapter two. This week uh, happened. So every so often, and when you said, "Oh, that's quick," it isn't actually that quick because that when they changed it last, it was in October. I had a look. That wasn't very long ago. Well, now it's February. I know it's only five months. Right. So. But before that, it would have been like two years or something since... No, these are seasons, not like whole game. This is just like a change of the season. So what they've done here now is season one was based around this new island. And you drop in, you you kill stuff and all that. You know, we all know how Fortnite is played. Well, season two... Not everybody does, but that's good enough. Battle Royale. So season two, the theme of it is spies. So it's got like a James Bond, Austin Powers... Um, kind of theme to everything. So like all the cheeky skins, cheeky and funny. What cheeky and funny? Well, it's like cartoonish. It, there's like a evil lair and a, you know what I mean. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's very cartoonish. So um, there's new stuff to unlock, and all of it is based around spies and henchmen and that kind of thing. Think Austin Powers, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the map's been changed. It's the same map, but. Around the map, there are spy-themed things. And I'm not just talking little things. I'm talking, like, there's a giant volcano with, like, a base inside it. That's Right. You know, there's a... Dr. No. Yes. There's, like, a huge... It's, like, a huge, like, space kind of base, which is kind of Austin Powersy. You know, you know the thing where he, like, reverses the car and it takes him ages to, to little... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that place. Yeah, but also the moon <clears throat> one with the bond. Yeah. Moonraker. Moonraker. There's a lot of that stuff. Um, it's the same game. It's just they've changed up everything, including the menus. It's the same. It's just completely different. Yeah. The menus are different. <laughs> the The challenges are different. They've got a new thing this time where they give you a free character, and she's very basic. Like, she's like a, just a real basic soldier lady. And then as you unlock these challenges, you can customize her, like, as you do one challenge, you'll say, well, now you can customize her hair. And there'll be like a hundred hairs to choose from. But once you've chosen a hair and lock it in, that's the hair you have forever on that character. And each week, as you do the challenges, you'll customize a t-shirt and a pants. And and theoretically, everybody will have a different looking person, right? Because there's so many choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a cool thing, because you can make your own character over the weeks of the season. And at the end, have exactly the character look that you want so i really like that um so that's fortnite season two chapter two it's free on everything like it's on consoles phones pc um it's actually free you can pay for stuff in the game but you really don't have to because i I, i've never paid for anything so that's good because i'd be very disappointed in you (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean it's, it's the kind of game I, re- I find really fun. I, it would be a kind of game I would pay to play. Like, I mean... Buy the game. Yeah, buy yeah. it, like, as a game. But seeing as it's free, I... I but the nickel th- and diamond, 
I'm not into it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's loads of skins that are premium skins where you can buy mm-hmm. them, like Star Wars and stuff. I didn't cave and get Star Wars skins because they're ridiculous. It's $15 for one skin. Like, you want to look like a Stormtrooper? $15. You know what I mean? It's not like... I would literally be disappointed in you. Yeah. And I'm I mean, not very often disappointed in I can in see anybody. how they make the money <laughs> because people... People can do a lot of shit, but that kind of stuff... Dang. I mean, I know I they don't charge for the game, it. so... They have to get the money somehow, right? No, they should have just made a model while you buy the game. Yeah, but I guess there's more money in giving it you for free. Yeah, I know. It's greedy. And it's it's weird to buy clothes for something that doesn't exist. I think it's just... Uh, that's just like a waste of your money. But time playing the game, I get. But just nickel and diamond and giving them $5 and $10 and, and $3. That's, that's why I love my style it's of It's sort play. of insidious. Yeah, I do too. Just, uh, my style of play in any of these games is... If there are challenges to unlock things for free, I'll do those challenges all day long. Like, oh, do you, you want, like today I said to you, um, oh, it wants me to uh, come in the top 20 for five games, right? And I did that earlier, and that unlocked a thing for me. And I don't pay for that, but if you're lazy, you don't want to do the challenge, or you know, you're not into that, you could just buy that thing. Right. I like to work towards the thing rather than buy the thing. Anyway, I think it's more... If I just bought the Stormtrooper costume, I'd be like, well, there's the Stormtrooper costume. If it says, like, you have to kill a thousand people to get the Stormtrooper costume, I'm on that mission to kill a thousand people. That's the fun part for me. So I recommend you play the way I do and don't buy. (laughs) And don't disappoint me. So what is for dinner? What do you think is for dinner? Is it the impossible? It's the impossible. Just the impossible. We're going to call it... Because we're vegetarian, that's why we tell you we eat. We do not starve to death. We're not animal rights activists. We are not snobby about fast food in any way, shape, or form. I might be snobby about you spending money on a shirt for a non-existent character in a let, game. Let me, let me say I never do. So. <laughs> I know you don't, but I'm saying <laughs> I might be snobby about anyone doing that. And be fair, you can examine every single thing that I buy with my money and criticize me. I don't care. It's fair. I, w- I don't want to criticize It's you. fair. It's a fair assessment. Um... Me, after I just looked in my seed box, and I probably have almost 200 packets of seeds of things to grow that probably won't grow properly. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like buying a shirt for a character, I guess, in a game. One packet of seeds is about three bucks, you know? But then again, at the end of that, there might be food or a flower that's food for something else. Different thing. Um... So we, uh, once Impossible Burgers were invented and came to our town, that's what we have after the movie. Now, when some other Impossible or Beyond Meat or other products come out around the fast food world, we'll probably try those Beyond too. Meat is in one of the other ones. I don't know which one it is, though. Not in our town, I don't think, because I've called different places to ask, like, um... I can't remember Subway which one it is. is supposed to have, like, a plant-based meatball now, but none of ours do. And we have, like, seven Subways, so... Right. So what is your advice? And then we'll get out My of it. My advice is, and I don't know how to explain why this occurred to me, but I get the vibe sometimes from people, just like me, judging if you were to buy little digital clothes for your little digital character, right? It's like I'm devaluing that thing that you're doing because I'm like poo-poo on that, right? Because I'm being snotty, which is fair. <laughs> I'm not denying it. It's reality. But some people take that and apply it to someone's entire life. Like, oh, she doesn't have any children. You know, you get the vibe. I don't have children, so I've 
picked up on that vibe. I've actually been told, why are you married? You don't have any children, right? Is that like, the only reason? To like my married? entire marriage is, has no value. It's yeah. va- it has no meaning to them. They have just devalued my entire life. In fact, when you say you don't have children, you're not going to have children. That's very weird. I have actual family members who think that's the entire purpose of life is to reproduce. And therefore, even though they're nice about it and they don't really say it out loud, it's like, oh, poor Sid. You know, she's got nothing. <laughs> she doesn't have children and grandchildren oh. to suck the life out of her for the next 70 years. Right? That's how I look at it. But um, so it's devaluing my life. Because of an opinion or an idea or something you've been taught or you value a thing. Therefore, if the other person doesn't do it, you devalue their life. Their life isn't as meaningful as yours. It isn't as valuable as yours. It isn't as productive as yours. It's, you know, so you put them down just a little bit. But unless you're willing to accept that your life also has no real value, no real meaning, no real purpose because someone else is looking at your life. Don't forget when I'm judging people about buying their little outfits on their little games, someone can look at me and be like, really? You know, you bought whatever you do that. So someone's always over your shoulder picking on you just like you're picking on somebody else. I have to accept that, that someone can insult me and probably be correct right? By picking apart the little things that I do and be like, oh, yep, I'm, I'm guilty of that, whatever. I can accept that. But not everybody can accept that if you look at someone's life and go, oh, well, they don't have any kids. It must be nice to not have to spend the money and they got all the time and they go on their vacation. Very judgmental. Someone's looking at your life and judging you. Like, why do you have children? You're using up resources on the planet. You're Children could turn out to be assholes and be terrible people and cause terrible damage to the world, right? So someone's always there to devalue your life and your choices. You have to accept that if you're willing to look at someone else's life and decide it has less meaning than yours. Because we're all kind of on the equal playing field here, I think, unless someone is damaging, destructive, literally has committed to destroying people and lives and murdering and killing. That's different than just us all being snotty to each other. Let's, let's, I'm trying to be very specific here, but so that's all I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So to you though, it's not a jumble there, but it's okay. So you can catch us on com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, catch this podcast, Google play, iTunes, music store, tune in radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, if you've got a smart speaker, just ask it, play the After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It'll play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at aschoolie at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. I don't hate anybody. I actually don't hate anybody. And finally, um, stay classy, Mr. Stanley Kubrick, <laughs> who had nothing to do with this movie, but he did inspire some of the visuals, I'm sure. And I'm going to say, first of all, I wonder if the oven has come on and the french fries are cooking. And second of all, please think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone is definitely doing it for you.